The Wallabies say wallop bye-bye to Eddie Jones. The Kiwis lodge a complaint. While in Europe, they play on. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to Season 3, Episode 13 of The Rugby Report, your weekly recap and preview podcast of all things rugby. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt and in this episode, we will cover some post-World Cup news and then have our weekly peek at the Premiership and the URC. But we will start this week in the land down under. In Australia, the brief, bizarre, and bungled Eddie Jones era is over ending one of the shortest head coaching tenures in Aussie history. This past week, Jones told the Aussies that he's done all the damage he can do and abruptly resigned after nine months, saying, quote, there's something wrong in Australia's rugby system. And while I'm sure that fans of Australian rugby would agree with that statement, I'm not sure that Jones and the fans would agree on what was wrong with the Aussie game this year. Jones presided over Australia's last place finish in the Rugby Championship, another loss in the Bledisloe Cup, five straight losses in the run-up to the Rugby World Cup, and Australia's first ever failure to make it past the pool matches in the World Cup. Rugby Australia will now begin their search for a new head coach, and among the names suggested by the Associated Press is soon-to-be former All Blacks head coach Ian Foster. But the one name that I haven't heard, and frankly can't believe I haven't heard, is former Queensland Reds coach Brad Thorne, who is available, and who I think would be a great choice. Elsewhere in rugby news this week, the fallout from the World Cup final continues to rain down on the game, as the New Zealand All Blacks have sent a formal complaint letter to World Rugby regarding officiating anomalies in last weekend's grand final. And, as I noted on last week's podcast, They have a point. The tragedy of last week's grand final is that South Africa might very well have been the better team that day. But because of the way the game was officiated, we'll never know. And to be clear, if the All Blacks had been given the victory, then the very same questions could, would, and should still be being very legitimately asked. They'd just be being asked by South Africa instead of New Zealand. And in any case... World Rugby really does need to make a statement about this game. But let's turn now to the Premiership in jolly old England. The Sale Sharks made it 2 out of 3 while beating Gloucester 24-10. Next up, the Harlequins made it 3 in a row after their opening loss, crushing Newcastle and Twickenham 40-12. The Northampton Saints made it 2 in a row as they took down Bath 24-18 while the Saracens also made it two in a row as they took down Leicester 32-17. Finally, this morning, the Exeter Chiefs bounced back and narrowly edged out the Bristol Bears. Full-time score there was just 14-13 to the Chiefs. Moving over to the URC, the weekend began in Glasgow, where I have to ask, what is up with the Glasgow Warriors? They looked great in Week 1, but then lost to Connacht last weekend and looked a little shaky in the first 20 minutes against a very good Stormers team in this one. But then they completely took over the game in the back half of the first 40, taking a 20-9 lead into the Sheds. And then, in the second half, while there was plenty of action, there was literally no scoring. But the end result is that I was wrong, and the bagpipe blowers did calm the storm and won the game 20-9. to 
Friday night continued to be a terrible night for my prognosticating powers as the Ospreys then squished the fish in Twickenham, handily beating the Sharks 19-5, and yes, as a result, it is now time to officially begin worrying about what the heck is going on with the Sharks. On Saturday, my predictive prowess staged a recovery as the Bulls did in fact stampede in Zebra and trampled their opponents 54-29, although again, the Zebra offense is scoring a lot of points this year, so if they ever figure out how to play defense, watch out. Next up, despite a valiant effort and the cheering on of my youngest daughter, Edinburgh did fall to Leinster 36-27, although Edinburgh is clearly a much improved side this year. Later in the day, the Scarlets and Cardiff played in what was, kind of surprisingly, the game of the week. It was a much tighter game than I thought it would be. A real back-and-forth dogfight between two teams that clearly matched up very evenly against each other. But in the second half, the Scarlets finally pulled away for good after a Fafita try in the 64th minute. And while the Blues mounted a serious comeback in the last minutes of the game, it just wasn't enough. And the full-time score was Scarlets 31, Blues 25. Finally, on Saturday night, as I predicted, Munster slayed the Dragons 45-14. And in the ridiculously exciting nightcap, Connacht faced off against Ulster in a game where the Connacht offense started the game like they'd been shot out of a cannon, moving the ball at will and doing everything except scoring. Seriously, watching the early minutes of this game, I felt like the final score of this game had a chance of being something like 85 to 80. But it wasn't. At all. Still, it was a very hard-fought and exciting match between two tough Irish sides. After a difficult start, Ulster appeared to pull away towards the end of the first half, taking a 13-3 lead into the break, and then scoring again in the first two minutes of the second half to extend their lead to 20-3. But from that moment on, it was nearly all Connacht all night long. Their offense, which moved well all night but couldn't score in the first half, finally found the try line in the second, and then again, and again, and before Ulster knew what hit them, Connacht had come from way behind and stolen this game at home. The full-time score was 22-20 Connacht. And I know it's only week three, folks, but just because it's so fun for me to say, Connacht is now sitting at the top of the table in the URC. Finally, this morning, as I was eating breakfast here in the USA, watching Benetton play the Lions live on the other side of the planet, I saw, for the second week in a row, a ridiculously exciting game. Folks, I am now formally anointing Benetton as the new Cardiac Kids team of 2023. And they are officially a team to watch this year. Just as they did last week against Munster, Benetton seemed to control the game for the vast bulk of the time. But as the closing minutes approached, they once again ran out of gas. And the Lions roared back into the game. And as time expired and entered extra time they had one last chance to tie or even win the game. The Lions pounded their way down the field for... You know what? I lost count of how many phases. But it was a lot. Seriously, like 40 phases or something. But unlike last week, 
This time, Benetton's exhausted but truly impressive defense held. And Benetton, that's right, Benetton is undefeated so far this year. And the Lions are winless. The full-time score was Benetton 15, Lions 10. But before people start writing off the Lions this season, I need to note that while they are 0-3, they've lost those three games to good teams and by a combined total of only eight points. And I have no doubt that they are far from done this season. Now, for those of you who are keeping track, that makes me 5-3 for the week and brings me to 16-7 overall in the URC this season. Looking ahead to round four now, next weekend's action begins in Italy, where Zebra will take on the Sharks. The Zebra offense has been impressive, racking up some serious points in their opening losses this year, while the Sharks have been playing like minnows, which is why I'm going way out on a limb here, and I'm going to predict that Zebra, in a bit of a shocker, will win this one at home and hook the Sharks. Also on Friday night, Ulster will face Munster in yet another Irish war. Ulster will come into this game just plain angry about blowing a 17-point lead and falling to Connacht. But will it be enough to beat Munster? I don't know. Seriously, this game could go either way. But Ulster's defense just hasn't been consistent enough for me to pick them, even at home. So, I'll give the narrow edge to the Munster men here. And finally, on Friday night, my Cardiff Blues will return home to face the Pretoria Bulls. And while I would love to see the Blues win this game, I just don't see it. The Bulls will again stampede through Europe, and they will trample the Blues on the road. On Saturday, Benetton will play the Stormers in a game that I promise I will be watching closely. At some point, the South African sides will be getting their Springbok players back, and when that happens, it will change the outcome of these games. In the meantime, Benetton has impressed the heck out of me. But they're having trouble getting to that 80-minute mark. Of course, the Stormers haven't exactly been an offensive machine in the second half so far either. This is a tough game to call. Normally, I'd pick the Stormers in a walk, but Benetton is off to a hot start. And the Stormers haven't exactly been at Category 5 strength. But I think they will bounce back, and Benetton's luck will run out. The Stormers return to form, and Benetton finally falls at home. Also on Saturday, the Ospreys will fall at home to the Warriors, and the far better than their record 0-3 Lions will travel to the Scarlets, where they will likely unload on the Scarlets and get their first win of the year. Lions win there. And finally on Saturday, a game that I promise will get a lot of attention in my family as Edinburgh plays host to Connacht. This game would normally put my youngest daughter and I in separate rooms for this game, or at the very least, opposite sides of the couch, but as she is now at university in another country, we will simply Snapchat at each other throughout the game. Who will win? Well, normally I wouldn't cross my kids. But in this case, the luck will be with the Irish, and Connacht will win this game. And finally, next Sunday morning, the Dragons will host Leinster. And it will not be pretty for the Dragons, as they will fall to 0-4, and Leinster wins comfortably. And once again, folks, that is all the more time we have for Season 3, Episode 13 of The Rugby Report. 
Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and tell all of your rugby friends about our show. Until next time, remember, there's nothing better than a good friend. Except a good friend with chocolate. See you next time. This episode of The Rugby Report is the 2023 copyrighted property of Narratives, LLC. It is intended for the free, private, and non-commercial use of its listeners only and may not be rebroadcast or retransmitted either in whole or part without written permission. Please email info at narrativesllc.com for more information.